Yo, what's going on, guys? Another episode of the Pokey Talk podcast going down with Nate and Philip. What's going on? Hey, what's up? What's up? Not much at all. Got a whole lot going on, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. Who, me? Well, in general. <laughs> yeah. I know you, you got all of your stuff between the last podcast episode, all of your cards. Yeah, all the Lorcana stuff situated. Uh, got all my nines in. Got all my tens sold. I got a damaged Captain Hook that I decided just to take a partial refund on and get a reholder service through PSA. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah. yeah, got that pretty much done with. Got a few other cards I wasn't really expecting to buy. As always, but with uh, that hook, honestly, with the hook out of curiosity, you kind of showed me an image. But did you think that was done from uh, the actual PSA, like when they loaded it in there, or from the delivery itself? I think it was. I I don't know. I think it was already done, like when I purchased it, because I went yeah. back and looked at the pictures, and you first off, you can't tell anything at all, so. I mean, the only thing I can tell is that one of the lines was, like, a little frosted more than the others. Which, unless you knew exactly where the break was, it, you know, you would not be able to tell. So, I messaged a guy. I'm like, hey, I don't know. Like, and very well, it could have been like that. And, you know, just got worse. But, you know, I... I just told him, you know, I didn't know if it happened in shipping or if it was already like that. He acted like, you know, it was done in shipping. So we worked well with each other. But the card itself mm-hmm. was like, I don't know. It's It was odd because it was probably one of the best packaged cards I've ever received. <laughs> you know, it so was... So it was probably already like that. It was probably already like that, but he was trying to deflect. Like, he knew about it, but he didn't show it, which is fine. Possibly. I mean, I, I get it. Like, from from where you showed me, the, the, the crack uh, or the, the damage to, to the actual slab wasn't jeopardizing the actual card itself. So, I mean, I wouldn't have been too upset. And a part of that is because I actually have had a slab like that where it was a crack on the very side that came in the mail. And I noticed it a little bit after it came in. I was like, and I started to think about it. I don't think it was from delivery because it looks like the, the guy or whoever at PSA like encapsulated it, it looks like they might have had a little bit of issues trying to, to get the two pieces together. And there was just the plastic was weak there or, or whatever. And you could just see a hairline crack. Yeah. So this I one... feel like it's... This one was really weird. Like, if you guys have a PSA case, it's the back. Like, on the back, you know, it has those ridges around the side that helps them stack with each other and fit with each other. So that piece, like, the there was a top, like, 1 20th of the top of that line. On the right side was, like, it was pretty much, like, crushed and broke off. And then... The right side, it was broke off, but still attached. So it was really weird and, like, super fragile. So you could, like, pull off that little line on the right side. But I left it in there and, you know, sent it off to PSA to get a reholder. And they don't grade the cards when they do that. They just, you know, look at the card. And if it isn't 
damaged from the case. They just take it out and put it in a new one. So that's why I went ahead and did that. And if they if they damage it on their end, they'll they'll pay you like the declared value and send it back to you. So I was like, okay, might as well. Never tried the reholder service, so may as well try. Say, <laughs> maybe you should gamble and get it regraded. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Uh, but I, I I don't know what the actual card is like. Is if the centering is clearly a nine, then you're not going to be achieving a ten. So yeah, I can't even remember what it was. But I'll uh, I'll post some pictures on my Instagram though here soon. If you guys are wondering about that, I'll have them up maybe uh, Friday, kind of before the podcast for sure. I don't know what what day though. I'll show it off. But yeah, it was it was just really weird. Yeah. But. I was gonna say I'm. Uh, I still haven't purchased anything. I've been keeping a pretty lo- low profile in the TCG world. <laughs> haven't even stopped by like the, the local uh, card shop to just grab a few cards just for like out of impulse. Yeah, they start having a few singles and like, oh, these cards are pretty cool. And it's like, oh, this is really cheap. You know, one dollar for a near mint character rare. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I, f- I find that pretty cool. Even if it's English or Japanese, it's so cheap. It's like, wh- why not just buy it? Uh, and sometimes I use that to keep my fix from like splurging on a larger item because it's like you spend thirty bucks and you get like eight cards all near mint and they're like awesome artwork cards and I'm satisfied at the time to not potentially splurge on a larger item or like a four hundred dollar item like oh I gotta have this card it's like hold on you gotta keep the eyes on the prize Philip yeah so, and it is super tempting because I mean they're super cheap but mm-hmm. yeah I know what you mean. So that's how I get my high fix in. Like some people will go splurge on an ETB or something, which is fine. I'll go to a local car shop and buy some singles and just, you know, keep that, that itch. I don't really have too much of an urge to open um, yet. However, there is a set this year where it'll probably change. Um, <laughs> there, Pokemon has, has a way of doing that, right? <laughs> Even yeah. if it's like, oh, I swear, no more, no more, no more. And then they get you back in. <laughs> yep, and you're right back at it. Just when you think you're out. Uh, but no, just an update. I know uh, kind of what I've been doing. Um, I have basically finished nearly every Avatar Last Airbender canon piece of content, comics and books. I'm down to one book and three one-shots. So I have I think it was like 4,000 pages in the last like three weeks I've read between comics and the actual books itself. So that's kind of where my mind has been. And then not just that, but I've also, you know, DC announced their slate of movies. I know, I know, I know. Okay, all right. But I'm excited. So I also, obviously, people listening to this know that I mentioned, like, you know, I'm a big collector of Batman comics, but, you know, DC in general was Superman as well. And I got a bunch of comics, and I'm getting really behind on it, and I got a bunch of stuff that the next uh, DC arc is based off of, so I'm really excited to get into that next after the Avatar. And uh, you know what? I'm optimistic about the DC slate, okay? All right? <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah I, I to say, I know. Um, other than that, it's just uh, planning on going to Yeti Gaming to sell my bulk, so we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, we just had a sub come back. Um, just gave you your cards the other day, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, yeah, got some more stuff to sell, some more things to do. Well, after him, kind of, the last conversation I had, uh, some of the stuff he would buy 100%. Um, and I don't know if I'll bring it with me because 
I understand he had issues selling some of the stuff I had. I get it. Like some of the, I haven't sold one of the AR RCS cars in a nine, but kind of niche, well liked, but kind of niche. Um, and you know, it's been, he offered me 15 bucks and here I am still six weeks later and I still haven't sold it. Obviously I'm not selling it for 15 bucks. I sold each one for an, or I bought each one for like an average of like $75, you know, yeah. like I'm obviously going to take a small loss on it, which is fine. Cause I'm trying to put it towards like a grail. Right. So I'm, I, I, that's okay with me. Um, and it's going to take a while for those cars to get back up to what I bought them at. Uh, but yeah. it, anyways, it's just, I mean, I am not expecting him to buy most of the slabs I have, um, although he might. I think I might just sell it on my own because I'm going to have to pay taxes this year when I sell the Lorcana cards unless there's somehow I can sell it to like a place like Yeti and get a large amount of cash. Yeah. But like, I don't mind selling on eBay because I'm expecting I'm going to have to pay taxes anyways <laughs> this year with yeah. the over $600 thing. So it's like, whatever, <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to sell regardless, so. Yeah, so you set on selling your Lurkana at release if there's high. So okay, so here's the thing when it comes to that, um, it really depends on what I can pull the trigger on. So I have to wait until tax season before I can probably pull a trigger. Which you know I'm an early bird when it comes to that. Like I'm just waiting on a few things honestly, and I'm I'm good, so I'll know. But I need to know because long story short, I was ten ninety nine employee you know, last year. So you have a self-employment tax you, you got to pay. So even though I currently work as a W-2 employee now, I'm still going to have to pay, and I don't know how much. Um, I have a, a rough estimate, but, like, i got to make sure it's that amount and there isn't something else that I miss, and it's actually going to be more. Um, and then once that happens, I know how much I can spend on a card, and I expect it to be somewhere between two and 3000 yeah, but at the same time, you know, I've we've talked about this ad nauseum about do I go for the Mario? Do I go for the Elsa? What do I do? And I mean, it's just going to be I'm pulling the trigger on the best deal at the time when I'm ready. That's really is what's probably going to happen. Um, and with my opinion, if the Mario is already like twenty two hundred ish on eBay. The most it might hit in, the, in this next year is twenty five to twenty eight hundred. Like, I don't see it going beyond that this year. Now the Elsa, even at a nine, I think that can potentially double or triple in price this year. So yeah, it's got more potential. I think both are safe, but yeah, yeah. Given the release of Lurkana and if it takes off, I mean, the potential. Yeah, is really, and really there. The nines are so few that, I mean, if you look at the tens, the last I checked, there was like 150 or something like that with the tens. And how many of those are going to be kept by collectors? Like, we're thinking maybe 100 might hit market, right? I mean, maybe. So, long story short, the move I do is if, like, you know, there could be something else that comes up too, and all of a sudden I can't get that card. That's, that's very possible. Um, so... It's really going to come down to, I think, if, if I sell, what happens with the card I buy between, around March or, or early April? Because um, if there's something that happens where I can't pull the trigger on a card like that, I'm probably going to be left with selling everything besides the Elsa. Because I do not want to give up that card if 
there if if it looks like it's going to be very very successful that card's going to be out, out of my price range that PSA 10 so it make more sense to just sell everything else besides the Elsa and sit on that long term yeah and okay, if i can nines. get it and yeah if, well, if i can get a 9 Elsa then i'll get that sell everything besides the 9 Elsa because We've kind of seen it a little bit with uh, the 20th um, anniversary festa, right? Like, we're seeing almost no nines. And it's, there's almost the same amount of nines right now, I think, with uh, those two cards. And yeah, now when the nines my, are showing that was up. problem, like, last week. Like, I had to grind it out like never before. I mentioned that, you know, that was the most grinding I've done in a long time, maybe ever, to, like, flip cards. And... Like four out of the five sales that I made were with people who had the nine, so we just traded. So I know I'm kind of regurgitating the stuff from last week, but it just goes to show like people did or were in the same boat. They don't want to sell their nine because they're either trying to get a 10 or they don't want to sell their 10 because they want to make sure they get a nine first. So that's exactly the people that I met, you know, last week and the week before. And uh, it was a struggle, but we got it done. But, it, yeah, the only card that I have in my collection right now that's a 10 that, you know, I want to convert to a 9 is that Festa Pikachu. And be a big payday if I could just find someone who's reasonably pricing the 9. But I don't know if I'm even going to find someone with a 9 to do that with. So, well... I'm going to say I'm looking at the Elsa right now. There's 228 graded. Um, I expect that to steadily rise throughout the year. But at the same time, if you haven't gotten it graded by July, you're probably going to miss the boat if you don't have it graded. So that's going to be what's mostly available. Well, we'll say August. If you haven't had it graded by August, then, I mean, is, you might. who knows when people might grade it. You know, they're going to wait. They're going to wait until basically, oh, Elsa hits $10,000 in PSA 10. Like, okay, great, 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 great. You know, like there is a decent amount. Like the fact that we're not even at a third total graded of these sets, I think, is indicative that there is still a lot of people, collectors potentially, that actually purchase the set at the D23 um, convention that haven't graded it yet. Because there were several people I, I recall in the Lorcana Discord, like I'm, I'm not selling, like, and I'm not familiar. This is the first TCG I've ever really bought, and that wasn't just one people. That was like multiple, that people that were like supposedly actually there. Now you can say that's anecdotal, which is true, but I think that's actually re representative of what Havensberger and Lorcana is trying to do with, like, they're trying to reach that demographic that doesn't usually play it. And so because of that, they're naive on a lot of the, the usual, the norms you'll see in TCGs, especially when it comes to the grading and collecting aspect. Yeah, and so the, the hype from it is definitely gaining traction. I mean, yep. these groups are getting bigger. Now that they're starting to show products, I mean, they're really marketing pretty well, and we're still pretty Seven, far away. Yeah. yeah, like they're, I've noticed that too, like, the 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 social media interactions even on facebook and 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 instagram it's starting to hit in in the thousands um and they start so they i respond mean, to like everybody on there like they're really yeah building it up yeah like they're doing it ground level like 
everything looks great. We'll know about their play style, and that's really once people know how, the play style, and they so th- th- they'll be smarter, which they'll probably do. They'll keep on pushing that home. Like this is how you play, and they'll like do a breakdown to help teach people as they're making these posts. And by the time it's already going, a lot of people will already know how to play. Yeah. So, but anyways, what what I end up doing, um, we'll just kind of we'll see what the what things are looking like in March, pretty much. So late February, so end of this month to early to mid next month, we'll kind of have a better picture of what's going on. And who knows? Maybe I don't like where things are at, and I'll just kind of hold off till summer at the KC Con. That's always a bitch, uh, something I could do as well. Yeah, I'm sitting a little cash heavy. You know, I did buy the Mario, but doing all that with the Lorcana cards still gave me cash left over. And that's even buying a couple things I didn't expect. But um, in that last PSA order, I got back a special delivery Bidoof in a 10 that I'm selling. I already bought the 9. I bought like a Japanese 20th anniversary Charizard as well. You know, it was just a couple hundred bucks. But I, uh, yeah, I need to, need to chill. But I'm facing a decision now, like... Initially, I was just wanting to keep the cash for CollectCon, just to go have fun, see if I can sell a couple things, buy a couple things, just see what happens. And uh, I still have some stuff to sell. I've kind of made a decision to not go for cards that are in sets that much. I have a small little stack of PSA cards that I just bought that are set cards in Japanese just because I like the artwork. But... I just come to realize there's too many promos and unique stuff that I want that are that make more sense to me, so I might as well just go for that. Because, you know, I bought the Umbreon V alt art, but it's like, instead of buying that, I could have bought, you know, so much better things. I just like it for the artwork, and it's not doing much for me, aside from looking pretty. So... I could I could maybe convert those into other things. So I like the idea of bringing the cash and that stack to CollectCon, but also been kind of flirting with the idea to grade my first edition base set. So I don't know what will happen yet. I'm going to make that decision probably before the next episode, so I'll let you know. But yeah, I have an entire... Uh, non-hollow first edition base set that's decent condition mostly like six to eight but uh if i grade them i'm probably just gonna yolo and grade them all for 15 bucks probably will lose money on like some of them like the energy cards maybe but uh yeah i kind of want them all together and i want to collect those in an eight so we'll see what happens yeah yeah i'd say it's definitely a pretty good goal to have for sure Yeah, and it's always something I'm going to want to do. Like, I for sure want that because that's the only cards that I have that is like a set outside of my binder sets because it's first edition, always going to have the first edition, never going to sell those. So I might just YOLO and send them all, sell any nines, and then maybe sell the ones that are lower than an 8-2 or bring those to Collecticon and then buy up the 8s while they're cheap because... The reason I'm thinking that is because I don't think base set first edition is going to get much lower than it is right now. The uh, It's pretty much at its low 
lowest hype ever because modern's doing so crazy and we're starting to see the shift of that hype into promo cards once again and even some older stuff once again and i think over time it's going to slowly roll back to you know that og stuff but we'll see what happens if there's, yeah, I don't say, think there's ever going to be a better time to grade them because they're super cheap. There's a fifteen dollars special going on right yep. now. Even if they, if even if they come back and they're ten dollars cards, like I would happily have paid fifteen dollars just to protect it and not have to worry about it. Because I mean, yeah, the, the most they could do is maybe do a twelve dollars special, but only for club members only to get people to to become a member. That's like that's the only thing I could see them doing, but and it's kind of doubtful because they're getting so much sent to them at the at the fifteen dollar tier already that I don't know if there's much incentive to do that unless the only main incentive would be to kill the competition. Yeah, uh, honestly, like that'd be the only incentive to do that. Like we're going to make it even cheaper, but only for club members. So we have less people sending to SGC, CGC, BGS. So, but I mean, even then, it's still like purely hypothetical, and you might as well pull the trigger on what you do know is happening. So, yeah, and with those, it's more about protection and not really the worth. Because, like I said, I'm never going to sell those unless like I sell them to get the eight. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm just gonna do it and leave it at that. So. We'll see what happens. Another another play that came up was a uh, there was a Clefable pre-release card in a PSA eight that came up. Um, for those of you who don't know, the highest grade on that is a nine. There are no tens, so an eight is pretty much like PSA nine, nine pricing scale to other mm -hmm. cards. So thought about and doing that, want, but and I said that's a card you'll probably never see a ten on because of the white background. <laughs> Yeah. And how it was released. Like, if you find a 10, it's because somebody immediately put it into, like, a card sleeve back in the day. <laughs> yeah. And there's two on eBay right now. One of them is uh, Zach uh, Jim at Pokemons. And he said he'd take 2K for his. But this other one is up there at, like, 1100 And they actually sent me an offer at 900 And I... Sent them back a little lower just to see, but then they declined. But yeah, the just that alone makes me think like, man, I should probably scoop this up because Zach isn't willing to go below two thousand. That's a that guy, guy who knows what that card's worth, <laughs> you know. And yeah, it is so worth that, I think. But trying to get dirt cheap, then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's how, sometimes you just also kind of have to know. It's like, so I work in a business that deals or like where a lot of people kind of accept where there's a little bit of a haggling, even though we don't usually d deal with that. Um, but it's, it's always funny seeing some people like, would you take 500 on an 800 item? It's like, no, no, that's not how haggling works. That's not how haggling works. I kind of offered low because I was like, man, I really, like, you know, I can buy this one card and that'd be all my stuff, all my money, or I could, you know, grade all of these first editions for pretty much the same price, and it'd be more satisfying grading those, so I kind of sent, like, a super low ball, just, you know, well, 
I'm just going to send it. And if they accept it, they accept it. But I didn't really want to buy it unless it was like a stupid good price. But yeah, he was wanting to sell it for 900 I guess. So maybe I'll, yeah. I'll have to take a look at see what I can sell those set cards that I've been hoarding here and there for because well i'm gonna say even if you don't want to sell at a kc con or too impatient like i'm going to petty game and not this weekend but the following weekend and i know you i know you've expressed interest and you know i've already told you i'm selling kind of some of my bull i should probably do a rough estimate because it's like 200 cards and i would be a major asshole if i showed up on a saturday with 200 cards where he's got to research each one like I, I mean, I've I, I just know for how long it took for the cards I brought in last time. It took ended up taking like an hour, so it's going to be the same thing again. So like I was gonna, I probably need to do an evaluation and take half the cards, just because I will feel bad for the guy. And on a Saturday, I won't be the only one trying to get some time in. And it is what it is, I guess. But yeah. I want to buy the uh, 2016. I, I haven't looked to see if they, if they sold it, but the idea is to put it towards a 2016 World Championship um, pr uh, promo. From uh, it has the Canto starters on it. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be a cool pickup. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll no probably be in that one either. I'll probably be up there. Um, like I said, it kind of still kind of depends on what's going on, but we'll see how it goes. You know, I'll let you know and mm -hmm. might bring them up there just to see what's going on, but we'll see. Actually, no, I'm curious. I, I'm curious if he still has because they had two. Yeah, so for folks that don't know, that card has uh, several variations. It's got like a finalist. Best of 16, or best of 32, a, a staff, and then the main one, which was the one for if you just participated in the event, you uh, were given this card. Um, and what's, it's already, for all the cards that are designed like that from the era, it's the most expensive one. Um, like, the, all the other ones are kind of in the same price range. That's the only one that's clearly climbing, and... I think it's pretty obvious why 2016 that was the first time for Pokemon has has the Kanto starters and it has and it has San Francisco in the background. So you got all of those elements. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's where Worlds was. Yeah. So I mean, it has everything working for it. And again, there's no ten in that card. I'm not expecting this to be a ten, but he's got two listed as near mint. So if he has listed as near mint, I'm thinking at least PSA eight. And if I get lucky with a PSA nine, it's like approximately like there, there's a huge range, but it's approximately between six hundred and twelve hundred dollars. You know, so how much does he have a well, list for now? It was three fifty, and I'm actually trying to get there now. But I hate TCG Player's site. Like I, I love the the functionality, but I hate the <laughs> the, uh, the the way the way that how you have to enter things sometimes in order to get something. Um, to actually pop up because in order to get this car to pop up, I got to enter like eight different, um, like, go, okay, I got to do Pokemon. I got to do this, got to do that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little so, navigation on there. Yeah. But yeah, I can, uh, I'll let you know if he still has it once I get it. To it. Yeah. But yeah, those are all our plays. I mean, 
We're kind of going long on the intro here because there's really not much news. There uh, is nothing. <laughs> which we did kind of have a lot, you know, last time. Yeah. Uh, potentials. But yeah, other than that, we'll let you know what our plays are. I'm probably leaning towards grading all those first editions. Just get that over with and then... Maybe I'll sell those set cards for KC Con money just to see what's happening. But yeah, it should be fun. So I guess we'll he head still on. Has it. Does he? Nice. But he sold one of them. It looks like uh, there was two, but he sold one of them. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. I don't want to buy it if the centering is absolutely shit. <laughs> like. If it's like clearly it's it's an eight, but it, it's a like pristine car, but it's clearly an eight. No, I that was the issue I was gonna have if I if um, I was gonna go back up there was I'd be like, give me the best centering one, and I would take my chances with with a grader on anything else if it's listed as near mint. That was my opinion on it. Yeah, and if someone bought one, you know, like maybe they got to look at them and pick the best one. Yes, is yes. So we'll we'll see. I'll. Uh, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Um, if it's adequate, like I don't, he can't possibly know every single card, the update on it. And like, especially when it comes to the, I mean, I under like Vince from Yeti, he's, he's obviously very knowledgeable, but like he has too many cards to keep track of the market for every single one. And that one's super, super niche. But if you just look at like the pop report, which isn't necessarily indicative of the actual quality of the card and how hard it's to grade, but it's got overall, graded it's it's very low pop and you know as time goes on there's a certain burn rate of what can become a nine or even eight or what's near mint um so there's going to be a window to capitalize on it or when nobody's paying attention to it and that's right now you know when everybody's going right you go left yeah. like when everybody's keeping everything ultra modern sealed you look at singles that you, you can buy that have better prospects that's the thing to do for sure yeah, I guess with that, we'll we'll touch on our small news topic. Um, like we said, there isn't much. The only thing we were going to mention is the next TCG set after Scarlet and Violet, which came out in Japan. Um, people have been having fun opening that, checking out the new Pokemon. But the set after that is Triple Beat, and it has officially been revealed um, they discovered this Poke Beach, by the way. They discovered the trademark back in October, so they kind of knew what was going on already. But uh, yeah, the next set will release on March 10th in Japan. It's going to be Paldea's starter Pokemon, kind of featured on the artwork. And they do have some card images on Poke Beach. Won't really go into too much with that here. Um, but yeah, they're. There is, let's see, what else was I? There is, you know, obviously this is going to become part of our set that's going to be in June. Um, there's probably going to be another Jap- Japanese expansion added to this to form the one set. So keep an eye out for that. But yeah, the starter Pokemon look great. And. Yeah, they're just kind of staying on course, releasing some mm-hmm. solid artworks. Each of the starters art rares, have yep. art rares, yeah, so they're sticking with it. It's definitely here to stay. That's pretty clear, which is, with these are kind of like the new Vs, more or less. So, what is it, like a one in four cards? 
Yeah, I mean, essentially. Me. Yeah, they're. It seems like they shouldn't be because they actually look cool. But yeah, yeah, the rarity level and price-wise, yeah, they're they're kind of the new V rarity. Which is great, honestly. I'd rather pull one of these than a V card. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, hey, that means you're getting your money. I mean, it feels like as a collector, it feels like you're getting more of your money's worth. I'll just say that. Yeah the the chase cards aren't the only cool cards now. Like, exactly, exactly, exactly. A lot more so. Yeah. And it's more fun to open, and so it's more value. We 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 talked about one in one of our early episodes, which is coming up on a year now. Wow. But uh. It's we talk about like what can they do to keep things interested and like you know you mentioned several times how it's basically if you get a hollow you're disappointed well same with the V card it's either like a secret rare or miss essentially but this allows it's like they're listening to us Nathan I, I swear uh, but uh it's this is one of the things to where it's better for the collector because it allows you to appreciate what you do open and it feels like. It feels like a rare card because of the artwork, and it's fun because of that. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, like I said, that's pretty much all we were mentioning, um, unless you had something else newsworthy. No, not really. I will say on a lot of the cards that they've shown, I do like a lot of the artwork, even like the commons. It's it's pretty good, and I really grown to appreciate like the EX cards too. It's like the, the blend that they've made um, with some of the different eras, like the old era and the first EX era and the second EX era to form this new EX era. At least with the Japanese card, it looks great. It really does. Yeah, for sure. But Not enough for me to collect though. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to really step back and especially with the set stuff and reevaluate there, see what I want to do. But first things first is grade things. I need to get graded. I need to get those first editions. I, I have a complete hollow set minus the Charizard that I need to get graded to for base first edition. So and I have a whole gold star set I need to grade. So that's kind of crazy, but it's going to be pricey. Probably should yeah. grade everything pronto. But that yeah, it is going to be a lot. So yeah, and you know what? I just realized we ha we haven't even mentioned what this episode's about. <laughs> I was thinking that I can maybe put like, something in the beginning, but like we yeah, I, I just realized like people are just li listening to us ramble on, and we haven't even mentioned what the topic of this episode even is. Like I'm gonna make a post with Instagram so you kind of have an idea before you get. Well, and we'll have you it in the title to too. Like, I uh, yeah, it, it I, I know, it'd be kind of easy with the title, but and, and yeah, when we make the the like the post, which is going to happen during the Super Bowl, I guess <laughs> when nobody's going to be paying attention to it. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, we haven't even mentioned it, which is fun. Hey, it's going to be a mystery episode. Ooh. So yeah, if you heard something in the beginning of the episode, that that's probably something I added in. I don't know if I'm going to do it yet or not, but <laughs> I might add in something. So. But yeah, the uh, episode is about Gen 2. We are doing a era episode. We talked about this a few episodes back, maybe like uh, three or four episodes back. We did our first one. Um, we're going to go through the eras of Pokemon, not necessarily the gens, 
but the eras of the TCG. So Gen 1, I think we pretty much did base through the gym sets. And Neo, we're only doing the first, I guess the pretty much, there's only four Neo sets. Technically, there's the E-Reader, E-Series sets. But Mm -hmm. to me, like stuff like that, when the cards change that much, and the rarities and the chase cards change that much. Like, I feel like that is almost a new era. And, you know, the e-reader, e-series, crystal era are pretty much, like, able to be talked about on their own. So that's kind of how we're breaking it up. Not necessarily by gin, not necessarily by rarity type, but uh, just kind of where it seems fit. So... Yeah, this is going yeah. to be covering the four Neo sets and maybe a little bit of Southern Islands, but we'll see where we get on that one. I understand, because most of the cars in the Neo era, I mean, they're mostly Gen 2. I mean, not exclusively, but it's predominantly Gen 2, um, whereas the e-reader sets is a nice blend of both Gens. Yeah. So they, you know, like in addition to like the designs that you mentioned, there's also a little bit different in terms of the art focus with each set. So, and I have my uh, Neo binder out and ready right now. So, as we go through each set, as we go through each set, I can admire them as we talk about them. So, hey, here we go. Yeah, and you know, I don't really figure us going into crazy detail with this episode you know really they're they're kind of basic of course you get the shiny cards which we'll talk about in the last two sets but these first two sets they're pretty much like the uh first era that we talked about kind of basic showing off new pokemon and uh so there's there's really not too much craziness aside from you know the uh first editions and the shining cards which we'll get to. So, yeah, when you think of uh, Neo Genesis, which is the first set on our list, what first comes to mind with that? Well, what first comes to mind? I probably think of Belugia in terms of from that set. Um, now, in this set, well, in this gen, this is when we get several more types with the dark and metal types. Um Basically, the psychic types for 2OP and the first era of Pokemon games, way too OP. <laughs> Even Ghost was pretty OP. Like, Hypnosis Dream Eater, whoo! That thing would just wreck everything. Um, so that's where the darkness comes in, or where the uh, dark type comes in. Like your Titar or your Umbreon, even though, yeah, I know Umbreon isn't, like, the strongest attack, but still, it's a dark type. Um, and... Those additions are some of the first things I think of. Uh, and also, Neo Genesis, for me, is a little bit of a favorite because it's where we first see um, Komiya's artwork. Um, he's got a few cards in this set. They're mostly trainer cards. Um, he's got one Pokemon card, which is Slowpoke. For some reason, I don't know what it is, but even to this day, they still give him Slowpoke and Slowking and Slowbro. It's, it's kind of amusing. <laughs> like his his first, I mean, he hasn't he has a uh, artware now, but um, and he's going to have Hypno, which is another one he has done a lot as well. Uh, but for some reason, they give him those Pokemon. I I, I don't know 
what it is. Like, here, try but, to make him look cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, I love his, uh, I mean, we'll get to it in Neo Destiny, um, but I like a lot of his poke designs. Um, and this one actually, uh, Neo Genesis also features a banned card. Well, there was a card that was banned and it had to be rechanged. That was the Moo Moo Milk. Um, essentially, the Japanese person had a centurion sucking on an udder. That yeah, was, I that, was that. Ris- that was too risque in circa 2001 America. <laughs> I guess it's still risque in this country. <laughs> or it's 2000. Hey, 2000. But yeah. yeah. Why are they trying to teach our kids? Out. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that one, yeah, he's got a lot of good trainer cards. I'm, I'm a big fan of his, obviously. He's probably my, my favorite artist, and that's some of the things that stick out when he come with Neo Genesis to me. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, some good ones. Obviously, Lugia really sticks out for me as well, as being like the big chase. Mm-hmm. Um, T17 Typhlosion <laughs> sticks out. <laughs> I remember yep. all the hype with that and how hard that was to grade. And since then, it, it's gotten some more copies, but it was definitely newsworthy. Uh, the other cards don't really get much love. You know, for alligator cards, meganium cards are okay. The Pichu is pretty cool. It gets some love. Um, but yeah, Lukia and then T17, those are for sure the big dogs. Um Try and think. Other than that, I mean, we have our first hollow energy, the steel energy, trying yeah. to show that some love. But, uh, but you know, this is where you kind of start. You kind of start to see it towards the end of Gen 1. Like we mentioned how, like, the gem sets, they you saw a notable, um, I guess, increase or not increase, um, better artwork basically. And that's something that you really begin to see towards the end of the Gen 1 era. And they really build on that. Like, what what I love is it's very subtle, but like, for example, in the Aircross uh, Aloe Foil, he's fighting a, a pincer. Yeah. And it's something where, like, you know, those two, like, hate each other. And it's just certain subtleties like that you didn't really see during the earlier Gen 1 artwork that it makes this era s- stick out just a little bit. And just like with the, the foiling itself is like peak, peak Watsy in my opinion. I feel like they, they kind of did half and half. Like they didn't go as crazy as mm-hmm. the gym sets with the artwork, but they... You know, they almost went back to their base set roots with how basic some of these artworks are. But you can tell, like, they tried to change it up as well. Like, just look at the starters, for instance. They have, like, a very basic looking. And then, like, Meganium is just, like, you can see the whole body in the picture. Not really much going Mm -hmm. on. But then it has an artwork where it's, like, yelling. And then there's trees in the background. So, like, a little more artistic so it's it's kind of got the best of both worlds. Some hollows are really plain. Some hollows are really, you can tell they kind of spice them up a little bit, but not as much as the gym sets. But for the non-hollow cards, they pretty much continued the same style 
Like they really added a lot more character. So it's kind of hard to say what they were thinking there. Maybe they wanted to get the base set feel and maybe they thought gym sets weren't as, you know, as good as most people thought or something. Who knows? But yep, pretty, pretty cool to see. It's not, it's a nice mix of both worlds. Got that OG Sugimori artwork style. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love them. Have, you know, and then you have Sneasel, just kind of like a blast from the past that was OP. And the play from this set, because the, the hurry swipes, you can just keep on doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was something else that was kind of notable from this set. Um, kind of going through what else? Oh, there's really not much. I mean, there was a lot available. Um, this is where pretty much the last set that most yeah. people remember and the last set that was like stupidly available. After this, um, the next Neo sets and then slowly going into the E-series, pretty much every set going up to Deoxys was like a slow decline in the print. Yeah. And so most people that collected, I feel like they pretty much knew Neo Genesis and a lot of people collected because it was like the new and exciting thing. But this mm-hmm. is where people like really started to, to drop off. So, Yeah, my last set I think was Discovery. That was the last one I really opened. And I specifically remember one of the last packs I bought back in the day I pulled in a Zumaril, and it was one of the Meganiums, and those were the last two I pulled from that uh, set. And then I pulled, what was it? Well, I'll have to take a look at it, but I pulled something from Neo Discovery as well, and I didn't know at the time, but those would end up being like the last packs I ended up buying for a long time. Yeah, I remember, like, in my classroom back in the day, seeing shining cards so i know i was around for destiny but i was losing like you know i wasn't having much interest but i remember seeing those around so i know i went at least until destiny but i don't remember the e-series at all so that was my hard stop but well this is also around the when Yu-Gi-Oh, like 2001, I think it's when Yu-Gi-Oh was starting to get big in America. And I know that's when I shifted to Yu-Gi-Oh. I think a lot of people my age did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, Yu-Gi-Oh was starting to take over and wasn't Yu-Gi-Oh! as cool to like Pokemon anymore. But it was more fun to play, though. That's why I actually played Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, I like made half attempts to play Pokemon, but it was always more of a collection. Yeah, aspect of me. That's kind of how it was with me too. Like, yeah, you never, I never really got into playing Pokemon. Like, I very faintly maybe remember trying to play with my cousin, but yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! It was almost all about playing. Like, you didn't really care to collect. Like, you just kind of mm-hmm. played Yu-Gi-Oh! Because that's all you saw on the show. But, and this, you know, this era reminds me. I'm still very, very butthurt about getting my Yu-Gi-Oh cards confiscated, knowing that they would get stolen. They did. 
and they did. I still remember that vividly. I was furious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got in trouble with the things I said to the uh, to the uh, student teacher. <laughs> I'll just say that I was I was twelve years old and I was no filter, just kind of going off. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I got some secret rares. I always had luck pulling cards, and there were secret rares in that in that stash. I mean, I was I was a little upset. Yeah, I bet. Yep. Well, for the next set, we go into Neo Discovery. This is where things kind of get interesting. So, Neo Genesis may be kind of boring for some folks, but Neo Discovery definitely spices things up. They do have some basic looking hollows, but more of the artistic side, and they kind of branch out from the basic look again. Um, you know, maybe they were basic on Neo Genesis because it was, you know, they didn't want to mess things up. It was a brand new Pokemon set, but you can tell they quickly went back to the more artistic feel and, uh, it brought us the glory that is the next Neo set and the glory that is Umbreon and Espeon. Those two cards are what I think of when I think of the set, probably the most desirable um, especially nowadays, most desirable Neo card for some people is this Umbreon in this set. First edition mm-hmm. goes for thousands in a ten. It is quite it's the like card. ten thousand, wasn't it? Uh, I with what the last one sold for, but it was pretty. I mean, well, okay. I remember at one point it was re- hitting those numbers. I doubt it's at that point now. I think um, that was during hype, but yeah. it's still multiple thousand. Like I think there was one ending that I saw someone posting about on Instagram or something. But let me see if I can find that real quick. But yeah, insanely cool artwork. A lot of people's chase card for this set, but uh, uh, it might might take me a while to find it actually. Let's yeah, see. so there's one to say, buy it now is, for twelve thousand, but but <laughs> there was one that was auction that was ending, and it was at multiple thousands already, but can't remember what exactly it was at. But oh well, it's yeah. a lot, and uh, yeah. yeah, people love that card. I had a nine of the unlimited version i almost kept it but the hype was still going on so i ended up selling it and uh it was a good move you know it came down a little bit more but i think they're kind of on the rise again so we'll see how it goes probably won't buy it since it's a set card but it's a it's a beauty if you haven't seen like a high grade of that card it is just insane with the moon in the background. When I hear Moonbrion, that's the one I think of. I don't think about the evolving skies. So that's the one so, true Moonbrion. Well, that's, that's kind of debatable. <laughs> but, you know. um, I still like the ultra-modern Moonbrion as well. We can say Moonbrion Senior, Moonbrion Junior, because one came first. And... <laughs> Just kind of go from there. Because, I mean, I obviously enjoy this card. I, I, I do. Like, I mean, I have it in my my set. I mean, it's definitely a great card. Fantastic. It's the first artwork of Umbreon. I mean, 
there is a lot of things going for it that give it a lot of solid distinction and notoriety within the hobby. And, you know, it is well-deserved. Um, but I actually, while I love that card, you know, we both know that Umbreon is, you know, one of our top five favorites. But I would honestly say what I prefer in this set is, wait for it, you can probably guess which one it is. <laughs> uh, uh, T-Tar? No, actually, it is the Politoed. Oh. Um, yeah, so the Politoed to me always looks like um, Will You Wish Upon a Star is kind of what it looks like to me, right? Doesn't he yeah. look like he's kind of doing that? And he's like, another like, one with the sun in the background, like almost the same spot as the Moonbrion. Just looks really nice back there. So yeah, with the foil, you can't really you can't really see it, but it's like kind of supposed to be like sunset, just a little bit. That is a Camille artwork, obviously. Um, I actually have that one in a first edition PSA nine, um, and it is a card that's core collection that I will probably ne- never sell unless it's going for a ten. Yep. Yeah, it is a pretty good one. Yeah, there's lots yeah, of other artworks like. Umbreon and Espeon obviously get the attention, but Yanma is also one that's pretty hard to grade with the white background. It goes for quite a bit. Um, Polytoad's great. Houndor is great. There's a Houndor and Houndoom, but Houndor is pretty cool, like just chilling in the grass. And uh, yeah, they got some solid artwork. All of the hollows in this set pretty much have a non-hollow variant but with the umbreon and espion and i think a couple others maybe now that i look maybe not maybe it's just umbreon and espion they changed the artwork for some reason from the hollow to the non-hollow so that was an interesting decision every other hollow in the set has the exact same artwork in non-hollow but those two have completely different so those actually haven't dipped terribly from what I bought mine at. It was like three hundred or something like that. Yeah. I mean, they're, the the auctions are like two hundred, like one seventy, you know. Um, but the buy now they're still like two fifty, two sixty. So that actually hasn't gone down as much as I thought, which I think is indicative of two things. One, Watsy will be more steady in general, like vintage. It seems like. And two, because obviously it's a great artwork, and there's a lot of Comia collectors, you know, and it's it's for first edition. So again, it just has all these factors go- going for it. Um, and you know what, Polytoad, he's kind of like you mentioned, he's unappreciated. Or he's not unappreciated, but he's underappreciated. Yeah, now that things have cooled off, it's like that. Like I think we're going to be steady growth. That's why I really want to grade those first editions, like. It's a great time to grade these cards if you have them in decent grades. It's a great time to buy them raw. We've pretty much seen the floor of the market in December. And, you know, unlike modern, where people get excited and they're kind of overinflated and there's always people Mm -hmm. opening more, like these are kind of sliding under the radar and there's not really many more of these being opened. So they're they're pretty (laughs) much at their floors. I think for, you know, the rest of time, I don't think we're going to be seeing a better time to buy unless like the interest in Pokemon just tanks. But if everything stays on course, how it has been, you know, given that we're in a recession also, like I think 
Watsy cards in general might be at their all-time lows for many years to come, like right now. So take with that what you will. I'm just a random opinion. But, uh, yeah, these cards are the same. It's a great time to buy these. You might not find good condition ones very easily, but they're still out there. Um, just got to put in the work and avoid the clutter that is modern hype. And yeah. you'll, you'll find them. <laughs> if you like modern, go for it. It's doing really well. You can't deny that. It's uh, It gains interest and people are excited for the next new thing. And that's what sells well. So don't have to the listen to that, us. But I mean, obviously, like we love modern. We both collect ultra modern. I collect singles. I don't collect the sets. But like I, col- I buy ultra modern a lot in terms of the singles like when they're dirt cheap like i mentioned i'll, I'll go to that this lo- local store and i'll just oh you got some singles okay i'll just go ahead and buy this this and i'll put it into my ultra modern binder and i'll just go ahead and, and add to it it's just um we mentioned before but being in your own echo chamber and social media bubble there excuse your perspective and a lot of times people don't realize this because they're so far in they can't look out. So it's just like sometimes you just kind of have to take a set outside yourself to see everything around yourself. So, you know, just when you, when you come to that, it's just you got to be conscientious of you always got to ask yourself when you're trying to think of an now spy perspective, is it just me that sees it like this? Is there a consensus from other people that see it like this? Or am I in a echo chamber those are just kind of things you sometimes have to consider and i think sometimes people it it shapes an opinion you know it really does when everybody tells you you're right it becomes very difficult to make somebody realize or you know question themselves like you're not wrong necessarily but like just the the aspect with you know when trying to argue it's not about proving who who is wrong who is right it's to invoke critical thinking and if you are able to have a conversation with ultra modern and not start insulting somebody <laughs> like on social media, like, like, like I've experienced a lot, then you're, you're already doing a lot better than most people. Um, because these are just the dangers we have nowadays in this information uh, age. Like just be, just be careful people. Like be aware of where you're at <laughs> is the only, the only thing I can really give as advice. Yep. And that's exactly what I'm doing. You know, I kind of started buying modern random singles. So that's what I was just talking about at the beginning of this, that I potentially might have a stack of cards that's kind of modern that I've just been picking up here and there because I like them. But I'm literally just blindly picking them up like, oh, that's cool. It's only a hundred bucks. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy it. And then all of a sudden I have a thousand dollars worth of a stack of cards that don't even fit my initial goals but that kind of makes it fun for me you know picking up cards here and there it's almost like stowing money away and then like selling them later to buy something else you know you're always buying you're always selling you're always moving money around it's kind of fun for me even though and i know i could probably buy something better but that is what i'm doing eventually yeah and i mean even with the ultra modern buying a lot of these cards at their all-time low i mean yeah there's a lot of it that's been opened but because the art's so great 
especially if you go after cards for Pokemon a lot of people like. People will keep on buying those cards for years to come. It's just like the Wasi Unlimited Hallows, like especially with base set and you know other sets from that era. People still buy those Unlimited Hallows. I just sold, for example, a near mint. This was BGS, so a lot of people don't enjoy BGS as much. Electrode. It was unlimited for forty bucks. Yep. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, those are very common, and it's a BGS nice. A lot of people go after. BGS in general. If it was a PSA, I probably could have got 50 bucks for it. And this is an unlimited item. All right? So it's I'm not saying to wait 20 years, but if you keep in mind with certain artworks are more desired, certain Pokemon are more desired than others, it stands to believe that even if you buy like a character at $1, it's a lot easier for a card to go from $1 to $5. Yeah. And I think a lot of those character rares in near mint will get to that point in a few years. I really do. It might take like five years, but I see that happening. Yeah, it's like the perfect thing to collect. Like if you're just super casual, there's a lot of cool ones out there. They're super cheap. And the likelihood that, you know, they go up to $2, 100% growth, <laughs> you know, yep. just kind of weird. You know, it's pretty likely. Yep. Granted, you're only making a dollar, but. Well, still, but if you, you know, have a hundred of those type of cards, obviously it's more risk at that point, but even if it gets to three bucks, you're going to get at least two. So you doubled your money in potentially just a couple of years. And honestly, if you're talking about, I'm not saying you should use that as an investment strategy, but if you're talking about an ROI, I mean, you're getting better return on your investment than for most sealed product, which is something that we've, we've really gunned home last time. And that's, in my opinion, there's less risk involved if you're wanting to be involved in the hobby really like oh i got all these cool art rares but you didn't spend an arm and a leg yeah. and then you can just kind of keep on going up keep on trading up keep on trading up by doing that that's more effective and more safer than spending eighteen hundred dollars on a case of evolving skies <laughs> you know so I, I think that's something to keep in mind as well yeah you could spend the eighteen hundred dollars on a case of evolving skies and get like six really big cards and then just a ton of garbage. Mm -hmm. Or you can buy like 1,700 art rares, fill like four or five binders worth of slots with cool artworks, <laughs> and uh, talk about jumpstarting a collection. Like, if there's anybody who's wanting to start a Pokemon collection and you literally don't care about anything, like you don't care about collecting this whole set or every alternate art, like look at art rares, look at, you know, the common dollar art rares that you like and start just buying those. Like you said, you eventually get a little collection going. Sometimes you'll sell the whole binder to buy something big. Sometimes you'll, have multiple binders going but yeah i think we we covered this pretty much in the last couple yeah. episodes a little bit like that's just great value and the likelihood that those are going to go down like to be worth less than a dollar what they're at now like is very unlikely because i mean they're cool cards even no matter how mm -hmm. common they are you could get a dollar for it easy so yeah pretty pretty good there 
Um, if you can, though, you know, obviously those are printed quite a lot, but there's better moves. But as far as the general person, just super casual, don't care. Like that's a that's a great little way to start building a little binder that is a cheap and b really cool looking. So yeah, I think it's I just think it's safer to look at cards that are cheaper when you're first entering the hobby to build this portfolio or collection and sell what you want in five to six years. And I, I think it's just a general easier and less risk involved and you'd have more fun if you did it that way. Because if you're going after like a case, you're obviously have a sole intention of quote unquote investing. And I'm not trying to insult those that have that opinion, but merely to invoke critical thinking. Is it easier to have an, an item go from one to $5 or a booster box go from three to 500? When we know that evolutions is only like six hundred, and the hidden fate TTBs after a mass reprint is going for less than one fifty, it's just I I feel like I know we're kind of being a dead horse, but I just think keeping that in mind when you're making these plays for ultra modern, I think it's something that's very very important because I think again there's there's less risk and it's more fun, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And because these cars are so well desired, and they should be for quite some time, they're you're better. It's going to be easier to sell that, and you can guess what? You can sell that to an LGS because they'll buy that shit up in a heartbeat. And now you know you also have the factor like, hey, uh, in eight years, what are people going to be going after? You know what? It's going to be these character rares from this era. It's going to be the alt art rares from from the from this era. That's what I would keep in mind. And obviously, the Pokemon matters. Will they be buying your case of Evolving Skies? Hell no. They won't be. You'll have to sell that on, on your own and take all the risk involved with it. And guess what? eBay doesn't have a authenticity for that yet. So you're on your own if somebody tries to get, screw you out of your, your, your item. Or say it tore and shipping. So because of that, you're, you're going to have to issue partial refund. These are all risk involved with this with this mentality that people are shipping it overseas and customs decides to check your box and just rips it open. Yeah, I actually saw. Okay, I I saw this. (laughs) I I don't know how legit it was, but somebody was shipping a um, it was a auto graded sealed um, yellow version Pokemon Game Boy Color with the Pikachu. I think I saw that too. They tore it open in customs. Oh. My God! <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen I've seen worse. Like I can't remember them off the top of my head, but over the years there have been some scary things, like Watsy booster boxes ripped open <laughs> just to check what's inside. You know, there's there's been some things. So yeah, that's something people don't really think about. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. So. A lot of people doing right. that, they'll they'll bring it in a carry-on, and then if they insist on doing something, it's like, well, I'm just not going to fly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, but, Umbreon yeah. must be yeah, on a pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I guess we can go on to the next set, which is, that was Neo Discovery. The next set is Neo Rev. We get our secret rares. We get a little more secret rares in this set. 
Yep, this is where it starts. We get yes. no doubt the two chase cards are the secret rare shining cards, shining Gyarados and shiny Magikarp. So amazing artwork, especially the Gyarados popping out of the lake, scaring the dude on the raft. Um, overall, though, I don't really care for the artwork of the set more so than the other three. Like, I think this is like the most lacking as far as artwork goes with exception to like the Houndoom. Maybe I do like the Celebi and then obviously the Gyarados, but I don't know. I like, well, I like the Lugia and Ho-Oh, the, uh, rare, rare versions. Um, because this is another one where it's the same scene. Yeah. And Skarmory, I think, is in there, too, like, in the scene. You can see his wing in the background, I think. There's a couple of Well, I know you, you see Ho-Oh's. You see Ho-Oh in the background for Lugia. Yeah. Um, like, that's, you know, with uh, Over the Moon. Um, and then, obviously, you have the uh, the dogs, the... Legendary Dog Hollows, those are some of the best cards in this set, I, I feel like. I do like the Legendary Dogs, I guess. I do like, I guess, 25% of the artwork. I guess most yeah. of the thing where it's lacking for me is the Uncommons and Commons, like non-Hollows. Yeah, I can see that. A lot of people, though, like this is their favorite Neo set, I feel like. But it just... I can tell the artwork shifts. There's more personality, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't do it for me on some of them. But I do like the art style, though, like how they change it up, and it's unique in that way. But Yeah, so kind of more the same. I mean, you're talking pretty similar price ranges for these first three sets. Um, the next one, that changes a little bit, I think, but... Overall, well, Neil, do what? I'm going to say Neo Revelation. Um, I haven't looked since December, um, but Neo Revelation was the first uptick. Um, and I don't know if you noticed this. I know we kind of discussed it at first, but we didn't see when we went to the, the KC Con. All these vendors had all these uh, binders available. We saw a decent amount of Neo Discovery. We saw a whole lot of Neo Genesis, but there wasn't a whole lot of Neo Rev um, to be bought from a lot of these these vendors. And this is the first set that really begins increasing in price, in part because of the Shinings, but not exclusively because of it. Uh, some of the Hollows in your mid are like a hundred dollars or so. Um, it just kind of it just kind of varies on which one. Um, but yeah, you can get it. It's pretty affordable if you did, don't go that route, especially if you go unlimited. Um, some of the ones that are a little more pricey, as you can imagine, are the lit dogs. The a lot of the dogs, even unlimited near mint, are lit, a little bit more pricey than you might think. Uh, but a lot of it is because they are desired. Let's see off the top. Let's let's just kind of see on the TCCG player. Yeah, Troll and Told has one for like 120 bucks. Um, yeah, they're pretty pricey still for sure. And that's near mint. That's near mint English, like a hundred bucks. Like, uh, and then the the Hound Doom. That's one of the best artworks in the entire set. Like the blood stained uh, sky, 
That's kind of what I think whenever I think of that. Yeah, it is a pretty sick one. I feel like the prices might be the same. Like, cause you know the chase cards in the other two sets are still hundred bucks too. Maybe not Genesis, cause it's like a little more common. But Lugia still is still that price. You can get it cheaper though if you wanted to get like a damage or like a heavy plate. You can get it cheaper. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, this one and Discovery are pretty similar. But you definitely start seeing a lot less, like you said. But yeah, pretty uh, cool cards though. One. Yeah, the Shining. I'm, I was glad to get the Shining off the list. Still don't have the Shining Gyarados, unfortunately. Um, that one, God, that one's just so expensive. Even in, it's like I, I can't have the card be like heavily played. I, I can't do that. Like it's got to be a decent condition card. And I mean, I'd have to take, I'd have to revisit the prices. But even like moderately, pl- lightly played and unlimited, I, it's still a few hundred dollars. I haven't kept track of those cards, like hardly at all because i've had them for so long like Mm -hmm. it's been ridiculous i really probably should go look and see how much they are i know my shining cards are pretty good condition like i have a lot of good condition stuff in my binders that haven't been looked at since like i don't know pre-2016 let's say lightly played unlimited 300 bucks on TCG player, Yeti Gaming has a heavy play first edition for five hundred. See, like I should probably go through those binders because, like, I want those binders to be like as binders for a long time, where like I'll never grade them just to flip through and look. And there are plenty of cards that are way too nice condition not to be graded in there. So I should probably like buy a more played version and grade some of those and. Either keep or sell some of those. I mean, there's some cheaper, highly played ones, but they don't have images. This one does, but I mean, it's still 300 zero sales, you know? So it's a risk. I mean, you can find those type of deals cheaper, but I mean, this is one of those cards. I mean, this is one of the best artwork cards in the Watsi era, in my opinion. You have one of your first Shining, or is it the first one? That's actually a good question. Yeah, I think it, it is. is the first one. It's numbered yeah. before Magikarp. Yeah, so, and then obviously it was the first actual shiny with the games, right? Like, you had to use your, your uh, was it your Super Rod out there in uh, the lake? Or not lake, but the uh, the bay, and you had to keep on, like, fishing and fishing before you can get it. If I'm not mistaken, that's how you got Missing No as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Missing No was a glitch in Cinnabar Island. You had to like surf up and down the coast. And I think Red I Red Gyarados was like a you had to surf out to him to encounter him. I think. I thought it was a fish thing. God, it's been so long since I played that era of Pokemon. I haven't played it in a long time. Uh, but yeah, either I'll way, though, yeah, Chris. like super iconic, the first shiny in the games and TCG, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, 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 it's the whole awesome. artwork. Like you know, it's in the middle of a storm. It looks like Gyarados is about to do a dragon rage on on this guy and in the boat. Just very great artwork, absolutely. Tied to the games like one to one. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't have done it better. I do really like that card. It is one of the best. Um, we'll give it that. Probably 
I mean, I would say out of the other shiny cards, like which there's quite a bit more shinings in the next set, which we're about to talk yeah. about. But none of the artworks are really as good as that Gyarados. They really put in the detail on that Gyarados. But the Magic Carp's pretty good, but yeah, the next era, the next one. I think there's only like two of them that really stand out to me with the Neo Destiny shinings, which we'll get to when we get to it. But the shiny Magikarp and shiny Gyarados both stick out, and it's really what gives the distinction for the Neo Rev are these two cards. Mm -hmm. And it's really what brings up Neo Rev to a higher tier when it comes to collecting the set, especially if you're trying to do decent quality. Yeah. And there was a lot less of them, it seems like. You know, like mm -hmm. we said, just seems like if you find Neo cards, it's always Genesis and Discovery. Mostly Genesis, but... Yeah, with that, though, we move into Neo Destiny, which is the ultimate ender of Neo. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, to me, artwork went up another notch, extremely unique. They had light Pokemon as well as dark Pokemon. Dark, yep. Yeah, the artwork on here, like, it's still got Neo Reb vibes, but for some reason, maybe because I've seen these so much less back then, these just really get me more excited. And, uh, yeah, you have some amazing hollows. Espeon gets another uh, hollow as a dark Espeon. Mm -hmm. The light Arcanine and dark Gengar. Yeah, you get light Dragonite, which is pretty cool too. Light Togetic. You get a lot of really cool hollows, but as far as the set goes, I mean, it's pretty similar to Neo Rev. Like, as far as the amount you see available and price wise, these two are a little, little bit above Neo Genesis and Discovery for sure. But. What sets Neo Destiny even farther beyond and even more pricey than Neo Rev is the Shining cards for sure. Mm -hmm. So we got two in the last set, which were Magikarp and Gyarados. And this one, you get eight. eight Shining cards. So pretty crazy lineup here too. Mm -hmm. You got Celebi, Charizard, of course. Uh, Kabutops, Mewtwo, a random Noctowl, <laughs> Raichu, Steelix, and of course, Titar. I think Titar and the Charizard are the two best artworks of all those. Yeah, Titar is almost like glowing and like darkened, like he's mm -hmm. charging up like a solar beam or something. Uh, Charizard just kind of flying through a canyon. Really weird angle. I always... I like the card because it's pretty well-centered and symmetrical, but it was always a weird angle to me. He's kind of flying away. It's like if he flew over you and you're looking at his back. It's, it's just kind of a weird angle, but nevertheless, it's an awesome-looking card. Very pricey in a good condition. Yep. Yeah, uh, can't find one. Uh, let's see. Is, what's just six hundred dollar one on eBay? It's probably damaged. I think that was a going rate for some of the damaged ones. Was like six hundred bucks. Yeah. 
all these shining cards too. They have like texture over the Pokemon, and yeah, yeah six hundred bucks on this one. They just uh, they just did it really well, but yeah, I'd say Neo Destiny, obviously the most expensive one out of all of them. It's got the most shinings and all that. Well deserved there, but aside from the shinings, I mean the biggest plays. Let me look here. Obviously, the Mewtwo, Titar, and Charizard are probably the bigger shinings. Raichu seems to get a lot of love. Um, but yeah, overall, pretty much all the hollows in this set run pretty similar in price because they're pretty hard to find. They're all probably fifty to a hundred bucks. Yeah, let me. I had this is a little bit older, but I had a price sheet. Um, the missing binder guard. Let's see if I have the date. For Neo Destiny, you can. This was some of them are probably like a hundred, one fifty in good condition, but so this was mid November, yeah. So I was looking at like mm, moderately played on a lot of them. I mean, there a lot of them are more cheaper than you would think. Um, again, so this is like two months old, so I should probably re re upgrade it. But I mean, like Amphros, you know. Most of them, even a Dark Espeon was only like 70-ish. Um, Light Arcanine, as you can imagine, was one of the most expensive ones. Yeah. The Dark Titar and the Light Dragonite, those are probably the most, and the Dark Gengar, those were like the most expensive ones from what I could see. Um, so those were, yeah, those are all around like 100 bucks. But what really gets this set expensive is that, like you said, the Shinies. That's what sends it into a whole other level. Like, you can probably get all of them, all the shinings for less than a thousand or so if you went um, damage. And the list I had following that trend was like $1,700. <laughs> I have it's like 100 for shining Selby, 600 for shining Zard, 140 for shining Kabutops, 180 for shining Titar. You know, this, and I bet a lot of this is probably gone up like 10%. 145 for shiny right shoot like these weren't near mint cards a lot of them were damaged i think only two of them were like moderately played and one of them was a shiny Mewtwo at 250 but yeah you're spending two probably if you went all damage you can probably get it for around 1200 all, all of these yeah and i mean you can probably find decent but like i don't want that unless it's like a, a crease on the corner you know trying to find a damage a card that is decent for a binder card is really hard to do yeah, I actually looked at my Shining T-Tar not long ago. Um, you know, like I said, it's been quite a while since I really went through my whole binder, but for some reason I checked my Shining cards in case I ever graded those. And my T-Tar actually has an indention on the back. So, That's an S4, yeah, that, that would be the perfect thing for me just to not grade leaving the binder. But yeah, it is hard to find those where they look really clean but they have a random mm -hmm. indention that automatically knock it down yeah my umbreon that i bought from uh, was it neo discovery is like that because i looked at it i was like oh this almost looks near mint and then you look at it closer because i got it from a friend that had a that had his whole collection in a three ring binder you can see like it's by the print towards like the bottom right kind of you know part of the card there's this like indention that was from the three ring binder that's technically damaged. So that's how I had to list it. And I ended up at like, you know what? Cause it, since it decreases so much price, I just bought it myself for like 60 bucks. 
Yeah. And honestly, I'm, for a binder card that looks clean, I like one of the biggest issues sometimes, like, you know, not going like a for a damaged or like a uh, heavily played condition is the luster of the hollow. Like, you lose it with the worst condition that you get oftentimes. Mm-hmm. So to be able to maintain that luster and allure of, of, of the hollow um, of, of that card is really great to be able to appreciate. You can appreciate it as well. If it looks like it's been scratched as shit and it's just like all, you can't, it's all scratches and you, like it, it takes away from the art of the card. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to make that decision, but, uh, yeah, don't know of like what I'll do with mine, but it for sure have some that need to be graded. I know that. Yeah. Well, if things, we'll see what I end up going for collection wise when I sell Lorcanum, but you know, we've kind of come full circle now with talking about Neo destiny and well, well first, first, before I, I kind of do that, I, I just wanted to say a few things with, with this artwork is not only do we finish the unknowns that they've had throughout every set in Neo, um, this is the first set that kind of gives a glimpse of the next era of TCG, and that was the e-reader sets. This is one of the ones where most of the cards, commons, uncommons, trainer cards, everything is at least decent artwork, and sometimes a lot of them are very unique. And this is one of the few sets that was able to accomplish this before we enter one of the best era of TCG ever in the e-reader sets. Yeah, you can definitely see the shift. This is like the gym sets of the first era episode that we did. You can see mm-hmm. a shift in like what they're wanting to do and which direction they're wanting to go. Because, yeah. yeah, you got a lot of not just amazing artworks, but expressive. Like you have a, yeah. like the Pokemon themselves are getting more expressions rather than just like a cool pose and stuff like that. You got like a mischievous looking Gengar or a very angry Ampharos, Titar, Dark Typhlosion. You have a very peaceful looking Dragonite or Dragonair rather. You have one of the most menacing cards ever with Dark Slowking. That's a Kunia artwork. And one of my favorite, that's one of my favorite artworks of his. The Dark Amistar is pretty good too. Um, But God, Dark Slowking is just menacing he looks like some sort of like villain like bond villain or like or like cartoon villain <laughs> yeah. and you have like the, the the lightning in in the background and just everything just brings it home together that one i actually had to buy first edition for my comedia collection um and you know what we almost forgot to say this is the final first first edition set yeah, that I didn't even think about that, but it is important to know this is where first edition died. So yep. sad. There's some versions of it in the Japanese side that continues, but for the English, that famous Watsi first edition stamp, this is where it ended for sure. So sad to see it go. If you're yeah. collecting, I guess that's a good thing. If you're going for everything you don't have very many sets to collect in first edition although it will be quite pricey 
like the first edition Charizard, that's a multiple thousand dollar card in mm-hmm. decent condition. So this this set really, uh, you know, the other sets had a couple cards here and there that were getting there, but this set, the last set of the first editions, it'll you'll really notice the the weight of the wallet on this one. Mm-hmm. This one, so I said like seventeen hundred dollars. I think this one, this set was like three grand, approximately. If I I'll, here, let me take a look. Like seventeen hundred for the twenty five hundred. Yeah, it's about three grand. Um, now I went for me. That's what it ended up costing. Might even be closer to thirty five hundred by the time I actually buy it. But that includes like near mint to lightly played on a lot of the rares because a lot of the rares for these cars are like twenty bucks, twenty five bucks. And just like solid condition, that was something I kind of realized as I was buying it. I mean, this set is more expensive than even some modern sets. With I mean, thirty five hundred bucks. I mean, this is where it gets really, 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 really pricey. And you know, the next era is where it goes into the stratosphere. <laughs> you yeah. know, that, that's where it's like you got to have deep pockets in order to collect those sets. Yep, this is where you're put to the test of how much you want to spend. And thankfully, mm-hmm. it's the end of the era and the end of our episode this time. But uh, there's a big decision to be made after this set because the next mm-hmm. era only has three sets but has 96 hollows to chase and uh, very pricey. The uh, price for some of those hollows, granted, they have been known to be pretty good condition. They do get pricey, though, and, uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk about that era for sure. Yeah, and one thing I, I want to say before I mention the first edition thing is, like, we kind of show how amazing the artwork is, like the dark Pokemon, the light Pokemon. Um, and really comes down to it is I have several potential goals I could do based on, like, how expensive Lorcana becomes. You know, one thing for sure is if I get an Elsa, I'm getting a Mario and Luigi, Pikachu, and the other thing I'd like to do is complete every binder set until we get to the e-reader sets. I'd like to just finish it off. So that way, everything else I buy, like the core collection, is complete. And it just comes down to how much I end up selling stuff for. But like, I'm prepared to skip the Shinies, honestly, because they're they're so expensive, and then just buy them over like the next 10 years and just be like, that's the only things that I'm missing is the shining cards. Like, oh, I have everything from, uh, you know, base to Neo, Destiny, just missing the shinings. Just because the price difference is so extreme, it's like you got to you got to focus on what you're trying to buy. And when you have eight cards with 1700 you know, 1800 bucks, and then they're mostly damaged or, like, anywhere from, like, hardly play to damage, I mean, it's frustrating, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. I mean, it's, it's like, do you wait to, to you get more money and, you know, to have a higher income, but then... By the time that happens, everybody in the hobby is the same thing. So they, they increase with everybody with the uh, with the growth of the hobby. So it's like a catch twenty two. Yeah, they'll always be pricey, no matter no matter what. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I do right now. My binder collection is based through Neo Destiny. I actually have the hol- the non hollow sets complete for the e reader, which mm-hmm. I'll talk more about, but. Yeah, that's a that's another goal. Like, I do want to complete it eventually, but yeah, the problem with those 
you don't really find them, so you kind of have to buy them graded in like a seven or an eight, and then crack them out. So I don't know what I'll do with that yet. Maybe one day I'll just sell them on hollows, just so I don't. I'm not tempted, but. Well, you know, it's great. It's hard. Like I actually bought, like I mentioned when I went to Yeti, I bought the Mewtwo um, from one of the e-meter sets. I can't remember which set that that came from at the top of my head. But I mean, the artwork is just so amazing. It's just like you kind of have to just like focus on the ones you love more. Honestly, like right now, like I know I'll be able to complete from base to, to, to Neo Destiny, no problem. But like with some of the other stuff I want, I don't know if the e-reader sets are on the menu right now. And it's probably going to be more like I'll buy some here and there just to appreciate it. But like the, I, I don't have with, with the crystals in and of itself, especially with the crystal Charizard starting to, kind of enter like this whole next level of pricing tier even in not the best condition it's it just kind of adds another uh element to potentially like you know the cons that if you want to collect all watsy yeah i just cracked out my psa4 sky rich charizard to put in my binder <laughs> yeah i know it sold was it hit twelve thousand. i know at one point and then i saw an, an air thing where it went like it was selling for even more i mean it makes sense. It's I, I saw somebody bragging about their CGC10 Charizard. Um, if that gets to market, that's probably going to be a twenty thousand dollar card. If it gets to market, and it's probably going to be a private sale. Little, to be honest, like I mean, I remember sending you a screenshot because it was made on a Facebook group because they were showing it off, and I was like, "Holy cow!" Even CGC posted on their uh, their their social media page. It's like, "Hey." CGC 10 e-reader uh, or pistols art. I mean, that's pretty crazy. If it ever gets to market, I'm thinking it's a $20,000 card. Easy. Yeah, I remember that. It, it was uh, quite quite the news in the hobby, too. Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, I guess that pretty much about does it for our gin talk. Um, I think we're just going to hit a couple questions real quick and wrap it up. But... We, we pretty much uh, were good on time, so no need to stretch yeah, it too much. <laughs> well, we're still uh, at an hour and 40, so. Hey. Say we can, we're going to be under two hours, I think, though, because I, I don't have a game, so. <laughs> yeah, we'll just do the questions real quick and leave it at that. All so, right, what's your question? Uh, Mine was basically about the... um shining cards and percentage wise what do you think would go up more in the next five years where the hobby potentially like steadily grows do you think that's going to be the neo shinings the crystal cards from our next episode uh that's an air episode or even beyond that the gold stars in gen three i see those three things the Shinings, Crystals, and Gold Stars as kind of the same caliber of rarity and collectability. Um, yeah, because they both have, like, so obviously you have the first editions with the Shinings, but then you have the over, low overall print run of the e-reader set, so that would affect the Crystals with the more difficulty in pulling said Crystals than the Shinings. And then with the Gold Stars, you pretty much go even further again on that trajectory, right? 
So yeah. it's like they, they, they each have their their reasonings. And if you can make a case for every single one as to why that would be, and you wouldn't be wrong, honestly. Um, you know, I don't know the first edition PSA 9 and 10s for the Shinings off the top of my head. Uh, I know it ain't cheap. <laughs> and uh, same with, like, the Gold Stars. I think, like, the Gold Star from U2 is, like, $8,000. And I, I think, I mean, I'd, I'd have to look. It's been a while since I last looked at it. And then the Shiny Mewtwo First Edition wasn't too far off. Same with like, so like the like the gold. I mean, it was pretty close. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. The discrepancy wasn't huge. I mean, so it's a really valid um, question, and it's honestly there is no wrong answer. Um, I think that the Shining artwork for the Mewtwo is okay. Um, I personally like the Gold Star Mewtwo more. That's yeah. just my, but just you know, that's just my opinion um, on that one. I do enjoy that a lot, and, and you know, like yeah, they're shining, but you really the artwork on on a few of these, you really can't see it as well. Yeah, I like the, I like a lot of the Gold Stars a little more. Um, but yeah, they're all great cards, and they all have their own little unique week to the art style but yeah i, I kind of see them pretty much on even playing field you know they're all rare and yeah there's way more neo shinings but then they also like you said have the first edition variant so if you count the first edition variant then it's kind of on a level playing field so lots of lots of factors for sure and i think if you're looking at cards that could potentially rise to like the first edition trio from base set i think the cards you mentioned are are all the ones and i think the gold stars the crystals will get pricey but there's more the gold stars have a lot of favorites including the charizard and rayquaza yeah um you know you obviously have the crystal charizard but I think because of that and how hard it was to pull the gold stars, I think the gold stars could potentially pull ahead. But that being said, you have Hotsey when it comes to the first editions and the shining. So, I mean, it's really, I would say it'd be really between the, those two, honestly. I, I think the e-reader sets are very appreciated, but I think it's going to have your more dedicated collectors that go after it. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, more people want the shinies, but like less people want the crystals and then even less want the gold stars, it seems like. But as you go in that order, they get rarer and rarer. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, the gold stars are no doubt rarer in my mind and underappreciated. Yeah. But then again, less people want to collect them. And then being so pricey doesn't help. Yeah, either. that's another thing. No, not, not a lot of people even get to experience them. So no, not at all. So yeah, it's a it's a weird thing to to look at. Like the the Neo Shinings for sure, probably the most safe bet. Um, depending how dedicated you are, I feel like to the hobby. Like uh, I think the Gold Stars are kind of a like a tier <laughs> above the average collector. Maybe a couple steps. Once you start digging yeah. into those, it it's kind of uh, some expensive territory. All of them are expensive, but those in particular, I mean, there's 27 of them to start. I mean, you're talking about six crystal cards and what, 
10 shining cards. And then you go across to the gold stars across multiple sets, 27 of them get pretty ridiculous. So, yeah, because you got what the Lugia. I might know. Yeah. That's a crystal. Yeah. 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 That one's pretty pricey, I know. But again, there's less. So, yeah, in terms of you got like a Lugia, because I mean, the Hiddo King, a lot of people that played, well, actually, we probably don't want to get too much into that, but like, because we don't want to take too much from the, from that episode, but yeah. I think the crystals will be towards the bottom just because of the Pokemon involved. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll cover right. that more in our next era episode. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, what was your question? My question is a little bit more of the modern. Um, we kind of talked about it a little bit and I figure we probably won't figure out much for a little bit as well until we see the leaks. But what are you hoping to see from the Pokemon set 151? Whatever they end up naming it. Um, it'd be cool if they had, which, you know, I think obviously by the name, they're going to have all original 151 Pokemon. It'd be really cool if the Pokemon set number was like the Pokedex number. And then they, so they had a base set like one through 151 and number 151 was the Mew card. It'd be cool if they had like, kind of like celebrations. Every, every card was a hollow and you had the 151 Pokemon all as a hollow in like a base set. And then you could take from those cards and, you know, throw in some trainer cards, but number those like make them all like trainer galleries like tg so like the set is literally one through 151 and then you get into like tr- tg trainer cards and then you can throw in your art rares and secret art rares or special art rares on top of that the problem is i don't know like which pokemon they would pick for the art rares i'm sure some Charizard, will, some will be it. obvious some will be left yeah. out <laughs> But it'd be cool if there was like a, you know, a special art rare of all the starters, Pikachu, like the most iconic ones, Eevee and the Eeveelutions, Mewtwo and Mew, maybe Dragonite, you know, just the icons. But yeah, for the most part, though, I just want like a base, basic one through 151 hollow, like that would look really cool and then splash in whatever else you want to make the hype crazy so i kind of want to see so you 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 skyded celebrations there for a little bit um you know how with celebrations you had like the pikachu like surfing pikachu and a few others that is basically like a reimagining of the artwork and it was a full art yeah I wouldn't mind having maybe a little bit of that. Not a complete, like, one-for-one, like, we're not going to be creative at all. But something that kind of shows inspiration, kind of like with the Charizard Alt-Art-B, shows inspiration from the card that inspired it, but also being its own thing. I would like to see some of the cards like that as well. I would also like to see uh, something with Ash as well. Not red and blue, but Ash. Yeah, that'd be I cool. don't know, I, like, because he like he's gonna be done or he's done now. As the it would be nice to have like a send off just a little bit from with the TCG. 
that'd be really, really cool. Like maybe have, like you said, the Canto starters and have Ash being in the background. Like, you know, he's choosing, or even Ash and Gary, like they're choosing their card. Hell, he can even do Professor Oak. <laughs> like, you know, like there's there's a lot of things that you could see. I But ultimately, I want to see some homages to potentially some of the earlier eras, which I know people say, well, they've already done evolution. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but they haven't done like the art rares with the, like the trainer gallery as well. And I would like to kind of see that when it comes to it, because the whole idea with this set is pretty much tugging at, at the nostalgia heartstrings, right? <laughs> That's yeah, pretty, pretty much, much what's going on. Is that, I mean, they're basically, okay, so last year we did Pokemon Go. This year we're doing this. It just kind of feels like that's what they're running with, and this is probably going to be the biggest set this year, or one of the biggest sets this year. Yep. Yeah, it'll be a nice celebration. I mean, there's going to be tons of it, um, just like celebrations, but yeah, the the set potentially, you know, or has the potential to be so cool that, you know, it, it holds value because I think even Celebrations now is kind of going up in value just because it's fun it's, to open. Yep, and, you and get, it's a smaller set. Yeah, you get it, some iconic stuff. and But, yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be cool. It'll be fun to open and don't know if I'll open any or buy anything from it. Hopefully they have some cool promos, but... I'll probably open a little bit of it. Um, I don't know how much. It'll probably potentially be the first seal product I buy in 2023. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I, I don't, because I don't see my, I bought the V-Star Universe, which is technically like in 2022. So I don't see myself buying anything more until this set, to be completely honest with you. And I'm sure they'll have a cool special set in around, like, in, in the fourth quarter as well. So, yeah. For sure. I guess that about does it, though. Yeah, it was a pretty smooth episode, another era episode. I hope uh, maybe you learned a little bit. Uh, we didn't go as much into the history. Um, we kind of did some of the surrounding factors, though, around it. But, you know, mostly we're just trying to, like, appreciate the artwork and kind of its place within the TCG and just kind of keep in mind with that context. Yeah, for sure. But let us know what you guys think. Not sure what the next episode will be, but we will have... Uh, the next era episode sometime in the near-ish future. So this yeah. week, we kind of like to space them out. But uh, yeah, next up will be the E-Reader and E-Series. So only three sets there, but there's a lot to talk about, a lot of crazy artwork. And uh, yep, can't wait to talk about those. But with that, I guess we'll pretty much end it there, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Yeah, we'll give you an update on what happens at Yeti. <laughs> or yep. what it, I'll give you an update at least. But yeah, until next time. Yep, for sure. Peace. Have a good one. Peace out.